0: hello everyone and welcome to rob's video blog it is april 13th 2015 and i just got back from a nice little vacation in sunny florida so my vitamin d levels are where they should be and i'm feeling good uh, just a little plug here for uh we stayed uh, just south of uh, west palm beach west palm beach is a great vacation destination um really nice shopping uh, restaurants beautiful beach uh, a lot of entertainment live entertainment uh, comedy clubs um a lot of theaters, uh, all sorts of people too, old people, young people, single people, married people, um, and a relatively, uh, in my opinion, pretty reasonably priced uh, vacation destination uh, to go. Flights are usually short, they're usually uh, pretty cheap, and the accommodations down there are pretty cheap too. Uh, The food is also very good too because a lot of the people um, that live down there and uh, run the restaurants are usually Northeast or uh, California transplants. So uh, a lot of good food and uh, a lot of good things to do down there. Uh, So the first night we went out to eat when we were on vacation, um, it's just me and my wife, so we're obviously sitting at a two person table. And I noticed for the first time in my life, there's a restaurant that had um, little uh, tables out on on the front patio there on the sidewalk. And I'm looking and all the tables are two person tables and they're round. That has gotta be, the worst decision that a uh, restaurateur could possibly make is to buy round two-person tables for two reasons. One, you lose like elbow space where you would normally put your elbows on a square table or even if you just wanted to put a drink or you know your napkin or whatever, you just lose that extra space there, that's number one. And number two, which is probably the most important thing, you can't push two round tables together to make it a big table or make it a long table. It's like, you can only use it for one thing and it's not even that good at doing that. I mean, even if you like push it up against the wall, it's like there's that gap between like the round portion, between like the roundness and the, it just it just doesn't work. I, 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 and aesthetically, personally, in my, my opinion, a round table looks kind of cheap. Even if it's like, you know, they had nice brushed stainless steel, still looks kind of cheap. Square table, rectangular table, it's the only logical choice for, uh, for tables. Uh, we also rented a car and unfortunately we uh, we got a Chrysler like 200. I, I gotta be honest with you I-, I don't know if people I don't know if you guys own Chrysler's. These have got to be the ugliest, most poorly made cars I've ever driven. This car was only two years old. This was a two- year old car and it had a CD player. It had you know your typical radio and stuff like that Did't have Bluetooth which is kind of ridiculous my father's got like a five-year-old kia that doesn't even have electric windows but the entertainment unit has bluetooth so that's number one didn't have bluetooth which is kind of ridiculous to me and everything in it is just so freaking ugly and so cheap like the led like the 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 lcd screen on like the uh on the clock uh the clock radio and the cd player in there is like that old like 1990 like kind of blue green cheap uh, hue kind of like the indiglo watches used to be like the whole thing is like that it just looks it just looks old and cheap and then right above that there's an analog clock that's like supposed to be like a nice like classy looking clock but it's clearly made of cheap silverish looking plastic it just it just the whole thing just feels so awfully designed, so cheap, so ugly that I, I can't fathom who could possibly get in that car and go, oh yeah, I want to drive this thing. And on top of it, in the driver's side visor, there's like a built in um, um, garage door opener, like built in to the thing, which means like, I, I don't know if they give you a separate module that you then you have to like put on your garage door opener. but. Anyone who has a garage door opener, an automatic garage door opener, your garage door opener comes with a remote with a clip that goes whoop, right on the visor. I mean, if you polled a million people and asked them for the top 10 things that they want in their car that they don't have, I don't even think you would get one answer that says, I want a built-in automatic garage door opener button on my visor. I mean, like, who the heck at Chrysler is designing the interiors of these cars? You know, it just, it's, it's insane. I can't believe the company is still, well... I, it just, I don't know how they sell cars. They, they, I, I honestly don't. It's Whoever designed the Chrysler 200 interior should be fired because it's ugly and it's awful. Uh, in driving around, uh, I have a crappy iPhone, which I'm not a big fan of, but I will say, I tried using, uh, for the first time, I'd always use Google Maps and Google Navigation. I used uh, the Apple Navigation, and I will say, I am surprised at how much I like the Apple Navigation. I like Google Maps. There's a lot of information on it. There's a lot of stuff on it. Google Maps not that intuitive to use, bringing up menus, bringing up different screens. And I just feel like there's just too much junk going on in Google Maps. Like you know, the road that I'm on, if I'm going straight, that's really the only road that I'm like that concerned on. In uh, the Apple navigation, the road that you're on like is darker than all the other roads. And unless you're like turning onto a side road, those, those roads are like light. So it keeps your attention to the path that you're supposed to be on. Google Maps doesn't do that. All the roads are like the same color, the same boldness. And when you got a lot of roads intersecting, it's it very confusing. So I feel like the Apple navigation is a little bit clearer. It's definitely a little bit simpler. I don't think it has as many features, but to be honest with you, I mean, I'm trying you know, if you're trying to drive a car and navigate, you're not like looking at the screen that often for all these great features um, that, you know, I, I kind of like the Apple navigation. Now granted, I've only used it like a couple times. I, I'm sure there, there will be things that I don't like about it, but uh, pleasantly surprised. One of the few things that I think Apple has gotten right or uh, may have potentially gotten right. And while we're talking about mobile phone apps, and because my stupid iPhone, I can't put an SD card in it to uh, make its memory any bigger, I had to delete some apps to install a new one. And when I'm looking at the size of some of these mobile phone apps, they're humongous. Like there is an all text mobile phone app that I downloaded that was 47 megabytes. Now I don't know what it takes to program these things, but I gotta be honest with you. I can remember like Windows 95, somebody like crammed into like, 10 megabytes or something like that. That's a complete operating system. This was a text-only mobile phone app that did almost nothing. And it was like 40 some odd megabytes. And I'm going through it, I'm looking at some of these things like the Yelp app and some of the- They're doing with the 50 megabytes. I feel like this is just this is literally just people being really crappy, crappy, lazy programmers. Now, I haven't programmed anything in a really, really long time, so maybe I'm way off base, but if I am, somebody please, you know, write a comment and let me know why the hell these mobile phone apps are so goddamn big, because I I can't understand it. It just seems a little excessive to me. And of course, if I could put an SD card in there and just, you know, 32 more gigabytes of space, this wouldn't even be an issue. But the fact that my stupid iPhone is limited to the amount of uh, storage space that it has on it, it is an issue. So maybe I should be blaming Apple for this one. Mojitos. Mojitos are great drinks. I love mojitos, big fan of mojitos, rum mojitos. I mean, mojitos are typically made with rum, but I've had a vodka mojitos, pretty good. Mango mojitos, strawberry mojitos, blueberry mojitos, all very good. However, the vast majority of mojitos are not made correctly. When you make a mojito, you get your little muddle chamber and your your mortar, you get your, uh, you know, your pestle or your mortar, whichever one the little muddler thing is, and you throw your limes and you throw your sugar down at the bottom of the jar and you muddle. You do not put the mint at the bottom and muddle the mint. If you muddle the mint, one, you pulverize the mint into a zillion little pieces. And then when you drink the drink, you suck up all the little crushed up mint pieces through your straw and then you get it stuck in your teeth and it looks gross. That's number one. Number two is when you muddle the mint, you release all the bitter flavors in the cellulose of the mint leaf. You don't want to do that. You just want that nice minty flavor. So after you muddle your uh lime and your sugar and you add your ice and you add your rum you're then and then you put your uh your club soda you're supposed to take the mint in your hand you know maybe four or five leaves and you're supposed to smack it just once and that smacking of the leaves will release the mint flavor without destroying you know the cell uh the um the edges of the 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 cell membranes in the in the mint leaf Um, and releasing a bitter flavor so you just get the nice mint flavor and then you rub a little bit along the edge of your glass you put it in and you mix it properly all up with a uh, with a mixing spoon that is a properly mixed mojito and I'm telling you if you haven't had it mixed that way you should because it's like ten times better than when someone muddles the mint when they muddle the mint they just ruin the drink so next time you order a mojito make sure you tell your bartender do not muddle the mint okay let's see uh so uh, no vacation would be complete without learning some slightly useless information. So we went to a uh, wetlands nature preserve um, in Boynton Beach, which was actually uh, was actually pretty nice. So just little two two pieces of trivia: the uh, the Florida state butterfly is the zebra longwing butterfly, and as you can guess, it's a black butterfly with uh, white stripes. And this one, which I guess is uh, is kind of kind of silly, but uh, the Florida state tree is the cabbage palm. And the cabbage palm was called that because way back in the day, when the settlers came over, they would actually uh, like boil and eat some of the little—they're uh, like little berry-looking things that came off of them—and it kind of tasted like uh, cabbage. Interestingly enough, the cabbage palm is not a tree. It doesn't have bark and it doesn't grow tree rings, so it's actually like a bush. So then the question is, who's the idiot here—the people who think it's a tree, or the people who made it the state tree knowing full well that it's a bush? Uh, and the last thing, which I didn't know, and maybe I'm an idiot for this, but uh, the word palm, like a palm tree, is actually short for palmetto, so I didn't know that. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you did. Maybe I'm showing my, my ignorance, but uh, so there you go. There's a little bit, of, uh, little bit of information that I got on my vacation. Um, if that's all I got from it and a little bit of rest, it was well worth it. But uh, thanks again, guys, for watching, and uh, I'll see you next time.